Hey there, and welcome to Your Basket is Empty. This is a new podcast where I sit down with interesting people doing cool stuff in the e-commerce space. My first guest is Priya Downs, one of the founders of a new lingerie brand called Nudea. Enjoy. Priya Downs, welcome to Your Basket is Empty. Thank you for having me. At the inaugural episode. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I am so honoured to be your first interviewee. I am. I am honoured. So I want to start by uh, sort of understanding what a typical day in Priya's life looks like. So can you just kind of talk us through that? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, pin down a typical day because kind of we're in this in this phase of our startup where we're literally about to launch and um, every day is completely different. Um, and especially in this, in this sort of chaotic phase where you know, I could be spending one day at the warehouse like sorting through our first uh, drop of stock um, to the next day being sitting on a table in a, work, in a co-working space with my marketing team. Um, it's, I mean, there's absolutely no day the same at the moment. Um, I also, I'm also a mother to two young boys, so... Um, and I do spend some of my time working from home, which is one of the great perks about now working for mm-hmm. myself. And um, they're definitely early risers. So I can tell you that my day definitely starts early. <laughs> and so nowadays, an early yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and often finishes late, especially, especially recently. And um, one thing to say is in the 18 months, I've kind of started on this journey of being um, an entrepreneur. Um, I can tell you that no day is the same. And, and what's fantastic about it is that... Um, you kind of wake up every day and it's really exciting because every day brings a new challenge. So, Sure. So you touch on the old life. So let's let's rewind the clock yeah. a little bit. Yes. Um, so degree in mathematics, a master's as well, I believe. Yes, and yes. An, and an MBA. Yes. Extremely <laughs> impressive. Uh, and then a stint at uh, the International Finance Corporation. So I suppose you, you talk about the, the type of structure that you had there Talk us through your thinking at that time and what led you to meet your business partner and kind of what led you to sort of break away from that that world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. And I think about, um, I almost feel like a bit like a cat, cat with nine lives and somebody who's <laughs> reinvented themselves about, you know, five times already in their career. Um, yeah, so when, you know, I left university and I, I was good at maths and I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life, like a lot of, a lot of young people who are 18. And um, so I was good at maths and I thought, well, you know, a lot of careers require maths, so let's go for it. So did maths um, and it kind of led me into a kind of into a career in in investment banking. And I enjoyed it for a while. And um, and I was really lucky to, to get on a on a program at the World Bank. And to me, that was just a fantastic opportunity aged, you know, 23 to, well, a to move to the to the US um, and live abroad for a while, but also the opportunity to kind of work for one of these amazing this amazing institution, and actually do something that was bigger than me um, sure. and bigger than my job. And um, the World Bank is just such an incredible organisation. It's it's full of really cl- intelligent people who um, do amazing things um, in the you know in the work of like poverty reduction and environmental. Um, sustainability and responsibility all around the world and I think that they're at the forefront of that and it's actually um, you know one of the big takeaways that I take from my experience there is you know that whole sustainability piece and that whole environmental responsibility piece has really kind of stayed with me and you know I've 
I've always kind of taken very, you know, kept it very close to my heart. That whole kind of always trying to have a mission to do something that's that that does something better than and bigger than you. Um, and I think that that's stuck with me ever since my World Bank experience. Um, I was there for about four years, five years. Um, fantastic place. I learned a hell of a lot. Met some really interesting people. And of course, just the experience of being um, living in the States and just having that whole, um, you know, new life and new friends, sure. etc., was 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 a great opportunity. Um, that's when I sort of embarked on my MBA journey. And that's what sparked me to switch, actually, into right, luxury fashion. So this fashion. was all kind of uh, based on the experience that you were getting and then sort of uh, segued into your studies with the exactly, MBA. Exactly, yeah. And it kind of went from yeah, oh, and, okay, really cool. and I think one of the things that the M- an MBA is fantastic for is, is really just opening your horizons. I mean, I think sure. I, I went to INSEAD, which is a business school based in, in France. And um, again, you know, the international experience, the exposure to to lots of people from all over the world and just opening your horizons to new topics. I mean, up until then, my my bread and butter, my my academics, my actual, you know, CV experience was banking um, and and finance. And suddenly, you know, like I'm having to talk about marketing. And sure. and I think that, that the MBA was really a great opportunity to kind of broaden my skill set a little yeah. bit more, albeit in the classroom um, and some kind of, real life experience but that's that's what your that's what my post mba experience has really taught me is kind of given me a, like a sort of a, a set of tools that i can now kind of go away and go okay how can i take that learning and apply it in the real world um even if that's not my strength and background in and i i've only just kind of learned it in a couple of courses um but i think i think the the, the best thing about it was the people i mean i you know i got so much from from my classmates from and it's it's one of those things that kind of keeps giving like I'm and especially now starting my own business you know my MBA classmates from seven years ago are eight years ago now are you know my closest confidants because they're all going through very similar um, journeys starting their own businesses and um, you know there's no there's not there's, there's no better network in terms of investors in terms of um, co-founders etc cetera, etc cetera. so um, it was an amazing experience and also you know it, it was really what what allowed me to kind of take a take a leap into a completely new industry you know an, an industry which is really hard to penetrate luxury fashion and um, you know and, and almost I had to kind of t- sort of bite the bullet and go well I kind of need to start again because this is a completely new industry they look at me as an outsider and um, Fortunately, actually, it's, it's refreshing to know that, that they've, the industry has actually moved on and we're starting to see the fashion industry really embracing people from different backgrounds yeah. because they see the benefit sure. in that. But I was kind of on the cusp of that. Sure. So, you know, coming in, it was very much like I did have a lot of doors shut in my face and a lot of people going, well, we're not really sure what to do with you, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, they're lost. Yes, it's well, what, they're lost. Who knows, right? But, but yeah, so um, it definitely was a... It was obviously a pill to swallow to kind of go, right, I need to start somewhat at the bottom, but accepting that, you know, that it's probably going to, you know, that I, my career will be fast-tracked because sure. in that sense, you, you, you'll learn faster and you're not quite, you're not quite graduate level, right? You're yeah. not quite at the right at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, and, but then I, that, that's when I, um, I worked at Chanel in New York, which was such an amazing opportunity and such an amazing brand. And I was really lucky to start my 
luxury fashion career. I mean, there's no, I, I can't think of a better brand really. And then, um, and then I went to Burberry and and spent um, six years there, you know, almost. And it was um, such an amazing experience. I mean, I, you know, I worked in strategy to start with, which made the most sense given my background. Right. Um, so is that kind? Of, yeah, that I'm keen to explore that. So you came in from a more strategic, analytical perspective. Correct. And yeah. And then, yeah, what 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 did you learn there? What what was the the pros, the cons, you know, like I think from an outsider's perspective, it can always, a huge brand can seem like um, this pinnacle of a place to be and being exposed to. Was it like that? What were the challenges, you know, talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think, um, I mean, it's a fantastic brand. Um, definitely from the, from the outside, it's a fantastic brand, but from the inside, it's a fantastic brand. You know, they, they are very, they, they, um, they practice what they preach, you know, they, they talk about um, caring for their customer, they talk about, um, you know, the, the luxury experience, and you, and you definitely get that working there as well. Um, I kind of went in, I actually started off working in strategic pricing, and, you know, it wasn't even an area I knew a huge amount, but, um, you know, luxury is very, um, particularly at the time, they were very hot on pricing, because, you know, you had a lot of Chinese consumers, exporting pricing differentials um, from Asia to in shopping in the UK or in Europe. And, you know, that was something that we, we, we needed to have analysis on and we needed to kind of um, really set a strategy that, that, that made sense globally. But at the same time, there's, you know, luxury pricing is very important. It's part of the USP. It's, it's part of what makes, makes the product desirable in sure, some ways. Sure. And so it was a really really, really great start because it kind of allowed me to bring in all that analytical experience I had from my background, but at the same time apply it in like, you know, this this kind of um, small small group of, um, it was a small team, kind of really delivering huge results yeah. because, you know, you just, you raise the pricing on one of our trench coats, on, which is a bread and butter product, and we sell thousands and thousands of units per week. And suddenly, you know, it makes it makes a difference between you know, one million and ten million, and yeah, that's, yeah, and yeah. that's it's and tangible, that's, right? Yeah, like and really it's really tangible. tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that that was um, so that was really exciting, and I think it was at that time when um, it was it was it was the days of Angela Aronst, who was a really inspiring um, leader, and she kind of came in like was was uh, helped Burberry kind of turn around its business. I kind of came in sort of towards the tail end of her time there, but. It was it was really inspiring to work with you know to work under her and I think she was a, she was a fantastic um, CEO for Burberry and then um, I was really lucky lucky to have some great mentors as well in Burberry and I think that's 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 what's amazing with they really do attract great talent and that that talent really transcends throughout the company um, and you know he was one who brought me in and um, he really saw the potential of having somebody that kind of came in from a slightly different background and you know he kind of took me under his wing and and um and then after kind of have a after about a couple of years in pricing he was like look you know I, I see that you can you can deliver um we were all a bit skeptical about where you were coming from but now you know not anymore um and and then that's kind of when I moved into the into kind of the the world of um product yep. and yep. And that that that's kind of that was really amazing, you know, to be able to be much closer to to a product division where um, you know you're involved in the development of the product, you're involved in the 
um, the, the choice of the product you were involved in, you know, in, the, in every aspect sure, of it from delivery sure. to the customer was, was, was really exciting. And I think that's, that to me was hmm. kind of a high point. And I, and I really enjoyed kind of working closer, closer to the product. Um, I, I, most, I worked mostly in men's and accessories, but um, it, was, it was really exciting and I really enjoyed that. Sure. So let's fast forward to now then. So yeah. like w- your current venture, like w- w- where did it come from? What's the mission? You know, just tell us all about it. Yeah, so um, so Nudea is 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 um, it's it's funny because Nudea is so many things, but um, Nudea was born because you know we saw this massive opportunity where women just really struggled to find bras, and we saw that what was out there just wasn't working. You know, women women just weren't being um, given a product that they felt that they could be proud of, and this is something you wear every day. You know, something that you put on in the morning, you wear throughout the day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And it's amazing to think that nobody no, no, nobody out there is offering a woman a better choice. Um, and Nudea is all about offering women a better choice um, for their bras and their knickers and their underwear in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, 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 we're like 1000% focused on fit. You know, we're all about fit and we're all about comfort. And you know we are we are an underwear brand without the gloss. You know we we speak to real women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we don't we don't speak to men. You know who are buying underwear for their for their for their wives and girlfriends. Um, you know so all our branding and all our you know all our messaging is around catering to real women. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't you know we don't airbrush our photography. We don't. Um, you know, we say it as it is yeah. because ultimately, you know, there isn't there isn't a brand out there speaking to real women. And times have changed. You know, I think you had this image 20 years ago of um, you know the Victoria's Secret bombshell, and you know, with with um, with sort of a, a size zero figure walking down the catwalk in in a perfect like 30 32 C. Um, and unfortunately, real women are not like that. And and, and the, the underwear industry and the lingerie industry in general just hasn't hasn't moved on from that kind of male male gaze towards towards underwear. And and you know now we're in 2019, and you know we need to be women are embracing themselves and themselves. And I think that it's important that that they have a better choice that they can go. I feel you know what like I've got a bra that actually fits me that actually looks amazing and um, and it's, you know, I'm buying it for myself, not, not uh, you know, I'm not getting my husband to buy it for me um, because he doesn't know my fit, he doesn't know my size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's uncomfortable, so. Yeah, and I saw the um, the DDC Daily article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great bit of press. Um, and it talked, or you, you, you were talking about the kind of innovative ways in which you're uh, trying to solve the problem of fit. An yes. online fit, which for an intimate product like lingerie, yeah, is difficult, right? Oh, it's really you know? hard. Yeah. Uh, so talk us through the um, the fit parties and yeah, the sort yeah. of things that you're doing. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting what you learn. So I mean, you know, I've talked a lot about my background, and you can see that none of that involves lingerie. So I've definitely had a huge crash course in bras and bra fittings, and. Um, and I've learned a huge amount, and I think some of one of the one of the great things about coming coming at it as somebody who's from the outside, 
um, is that you can kind of challenge things. You can kind sure. of go, well, why does it have to be like yeah, that? Um, yeah. And, you know, I was really lucky to have met Sophie, um, who's my co-founder. And Sophie is, um, well, she, you know, she, her background is she was head of design at Victoria's Secret for Bra Innovation. She, she's worked in the lingerie industry for 20 years. I mean, she knows absolutely everything about bra design. And she is, you know, she's just amazing. She's just got that eye for, you know, the creativity. And she's, you know, she... She, what makes our product so special is that not only does it fit and does it is it comfortable, but those little details of the trims that that actually you know come from come from that creative that creative eye that Sophie has, um, where she's like, I want to keep the craft of lingerie. You know, sure. I don't I don't see why a woman has to compromise on fit and something that looks amazing. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think that one of the challenges for us is that. How do you how do you fit people like you you know you're you're trying to send this message about the importance of fit the importance of getting your right size in an industry that there is really really only one way to get your size which is going into a department store or going into Marks and Spencers to get <laughs> fitted around. yeah exactly the big rack. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so how 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 do you do that um, and you know you I mean we're we're launching with twenty seven sizes um, and you know, we want to offer a lot more. Sizing is massively important. And um, and it's important just from a commercial point of view, because if people don't get their right size, you know, we're, you know, we're potentially expecting, you know, returns um, that are way above average. Yep. So it's important for us, for, for everyone to get their sizing right. But I think, you know, that's our messaging and we want people to get their size and actually get fitted. So that's when we kind of said, okay, we have to do a lot of research in yep. this area. Yep. And um, we worked with WeMake to develop sort of a, a beta version of our online Fit Finder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and said, okay, let's... And the way the Fit Finder works is basically you, you input your size and then it asks you a series of questions um, that help you, that basically assess whether your bra fits you currently. So we, we sort of started with a first few que- sort of questions that we thought would be relevant um, and the great thing about doing this testing was that we sort of tried it on one group. We realized that some questions didn't stick and we iterated and we iterated. And, and that's really helped us get to where we are today. As in, you know, we, we now have a fit finder that we've spent a lot of time developing and looking at what questions women are really comfortable answering, what questions women need a bit more explanation on, mm-hmm. um, you know, what questions are not really are just too difficult to answer so maybe we shouldn't include them and um you know and and i think that um that's been a massive massive plus point for us because it's really made sure that our fit finder is relevant and people can actually can people can actually answer the questions and it does help them get a better you know we get they, they do get better results out of it um the other the other side of this is that alongside the kind of the online um fit finder test we actually ran live workshops, you know, because we wanted to see how people were responding um, to to the well, a to the to the Fit Finder online. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to see how they were taking the, taking taking the quiz, but also we wanted to experiment with the measuring tape, and we wanted to see, okay, what are the challenges of pe- that people face at measuring themselves, and it completely opened up a minefield. I mean, you know, we we naively sent out three hundred uh, measuring kits. Um, with a standard tape measure, um, thinking, oh, well, you know, with the right set of instructions, um, a video, um, people will get it right, surely. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> how hard can it be? <laughs> how, hard, how hard can it be? Um, 
and the other thing that people don't appreciate with bra with bra fittings is that you know the there's a there's a conversion you know it's a bit like dress sizing yeah what is it? What does a size eight mean? Yeah. You know, when you're when you're take when you're trying to break it down into measurements, it's there's that there is a conversion needed, and I think that that adds another level of comp- complexity. Um, and so when we sent out these measuring tapes to these women, they were like, you know, we and we we watched them live, and we also observed the results being fed into the website. Um, they were all over the place. You know, they'd be like three sizes out from their current size. And then when we got our professional bra fitter to fit them, sure enough, 90% of them were wearing the wrong bra size. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but they just, they still, they still measured themselves completely wrong. And, um, you know, we were, you know, I was able to kind of come in and go, well, what is it that's making this so difficult, you know? And then one of the things that we knocked on the head really quick, really like first round really was, the conversion, like, why do you need to have a tape measure that shows it in inches sure. when you really just want to know what your cup size yeah, is? Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that we adapted um, in the in our final tape measure. So we've we've spent a lot of time making a bespoke tape measure because we we learned so much from observing women measuring themselves and just sitting there and struggling. You know, like just simple things. Um, well, the conversion was one thing, but also. Um, you know, trying to hold the tape up yourself, checking in the mirror that it's straight, yeah, right. um, and you know, not getting it ta- twisted, yeah, yeah, yeah. making and 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 then being able to check um, just proved a challenge. So you know, we developed a slider that allows you to actually kind of p- pull the tape through. Um, it, it sort of then le- lets you pull it to the right to the right tension, which is a lot of bra fitters will tell you that that you need to pull the tape really quite tight. Um, and you can you can go hands free, so you know to allow you to check. So it's all these little features that we spent a lot of time developing. But you know it started from a very naive point, yeah, of thinking yeah, yeah. people could measure themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and because we had to kind of spend a lot of rounds, kind of really assessing this part, and also just you know we got so much other so much other feedback, you know, from th- and everything from like what are the biggest problems that you have, you know, shopping for a bra. Um, you know why doesn't your bra fit yeah. you? To to things like what you know what what are the price points you're willing to pay? Um, and so we got so much information and we got so much data. And I think that that's been. I mean, we worked with about 600 women, so that has really helped shape not only a better product but also help us kind of really perfect um, the online the f- online fitting process and bring bring that kind of fitting expert to to the online customer. Yeah. Um, and kind of a derivative of that, which was quite amazing, and it, it, it's something I could never have expected, was when we started doing all this research, we we sort of started, um, you know, way back when, um, holding uh, like market research studies or just research studies, yeah. and, you know, we'd enlist like my mom or, you know, a friend yeah, to like yeah, yeah, get yeah. some friends around. Yeah. Whoever's free on Thursday. Whoever's free yeah, on yeah, Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, it was pretty amateur. We'd kind of rock up and we'd have our tape measure and we'd, we'd you know, we'd ask them a few questions and um, everyone would get a bit excited. And, and then by the time, by the time, and then we realized that we needed to kind of do this a bit more and, and we needed to spread our wings demographically. And we used a few, we used Facebook ads and things yeah, to yeah, recruit yeah, yeah, more women. Yeah. Um, and, and it grew and, and we started running workshops all around the country um, amongst different demographics because we needed, we wanted to make sure we kind of got a representative sample. 
And by the end of it, we were, we were quite slick at it. You know, we were finding people were, were enjoying the experience. They were actually wanting to come to get fitted because they were saying, you know, they were saying to us, look, when my neighbor told me that this was happening or when I heard that this was happening through a Facebook ad, um, you know, I, I, I was like, I signed up straight away and I brought my teenage daughter and I also bought my mother because yeah. they just don't want to go to it. We just don't, you know, we either don't have access easily or we don't have the time to go and get fitted sure, yeah. or, um, and particularly for teenagers, they absolutely hate going to Mars yeah, Spencer yeah, yeah, to get fitted. Yeah. So, um, so we were getting people coming to these, to these, basically these fit workshops like really excited about getting fitted and then you know you throw a bit of wine in there a bit of cheese yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. you get women around a table and they just were absolutely enjoying the experience of like talking about bras and learning so much about um about fittings yeah. and by the time we got to the last one and we actually had product to share with yeah. people um and our presentations were getting a bit more professional a bit more slick um you know people were like signing up to buy at the yeah, end yeah. and we were like well we don't we're not actually ready to sell yet yeah. but it really it really opened our eyes to the selling opportunity that we could get from from that kind of um that kind of an offline channel yeah and that direct that nature. sort of direct yeah, nature yeah. and and also it was great for us I and mean, we got tons of feedback and yes i mean that's what we were seeking initially but it's something that we really want to embrace as a brand going forward. And we see a huge opportunity in this kind of bra fitting parties. Yeah, it's really um, interesting. And, you know, potentially peer to peer selling sort of, you know, we, we in the process recruited ambassadors. You yeah, know, so yeah, many, yeah. So, so they many, go out and do their own parties. Exactly. And part of the group yeah. And get discounts. Absolutely. And all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and especially amongst the younger generation of um, the millennials who really, really, really found that that really resonated with the whole. Um, getting fitted because they hate the experience yeah. of being sort of stripping down in front of a, an, an, an older lady and a, you know, in a Marks and Spencer's fitting room. This is much more modern. You keep much talking more about the Marks and Spencer's fitting I know. I don't know what goes on in there, but I'm, I'm very intrigued. It sounds, it oh, sounds well, horrific. Well, normally, I mean, normally what happens with the fitting is that you kind of, you kind of, um, you kind of go in and, and normally bra fitters have this kind of stereotypical, they're an older lady. Like a matron type. Like a character. matron type. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And they and they normally ask you to strip yeah. down and they're quite like straight faced yeah. and you're a bit like, oh my God, am I doing this right? Yeah. And then they measure you and they sort of like poke and push at you yeah. and they sort of, you know, and they and they pull they pull the tape around and you go, oh my God, that feels really tight. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And she's and they're like, yes, it's, it's supposed to be like that. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, and you sort of feel a bit, uh, maybe a little bit violated sometimes, um, a little bit embarrassed because you're not sure, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. most of the time when you go and get fitted, you're probably, you know, at that, I, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but you're probably at the most insecure. It's usually yeah, like yeah. when you're not, when you're, you know, going through, a, through, um, a body shape change, you know, when you've had a baby and that's, and that's, that's the feedback we hear from yeah. most, most women is that, you know, they, they, uh, they've either had a baby or they're going to have a baby and their body's changing a lot and they decide we need to get a new bra because yeah. they really need to get yeah. something and they have to go and get fitted and it, it's a real struggle and and you know you add in the element of the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it it makes it really hard whereas i think the bra for any part adds a bit of fun you know yeah. it kind of brings that like element of i mean a group of women who are probably going through exactly the same yeah, thing yeah, as me yeah, 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 yeah. and are probably feeling just as insecure yeah. as i am and um and there's something there's something in that i think there's something in that kind of community feel and you know and we we love that kind of connection to yeah. the customer and 
we so as part of our launch we're going to be rolling out kind of bra fitting parties every month nice. um, and well it's it's that benefit of, well a as, as a new brand we kind of get the direct feedback yeah um in the early days but it also it also helps us kind of build that connection and yeah. really and it's proved that it's a good thing right yeah, yeah. yeah. and it and it and it works and i think people really learn a lot from those fit they take away a lot and it gives them the opportunity to buy so why not so i yeah. think it's a great it's a great model so we definitely want to keep experimenting with it and evolving the bra fitting party and sort of you know may it, it may end up engulfing everything else we do to be honest <laughs> yeah, but yeah, who knows who I mean, knows it's, it's exactly exploration exactly um i'm keen to talk a little bit more broadly about e-com so i saw an interesting article uh recently and you touched on it before about the concept of like corporate responsibility corporate social responsibility yeah. um and i think that uh some brands do it really well. Some brands are kind of trying to tack onto it because it's topical and then trying to uh, use it and they're not very authentic, right? Yeah. So I, I suppose based on what you were kind of talking about um, in your previous experience and then going through some of those kind of fashion houses, do you think it's like a no-brainer for a brand that's starting out in 2019 to have it in their DNA? Like, will it just happen organically and they should just utilize it or should they be looking for it like how does it work do you think absolutely and i think this is you know this is the benefit of being a st you know starting a business today is that is that we are much more educated we you know we're getting more and more educated about these topics and you know you ha we have the opportunity to kind of to build it it's much easier to build it from the beginning than it is to try to incorporate it when you are a giant sure. um and that's one of the challenges the fashion industry has at the moment um and it's it's amazing to see how much momentum there is even with those giants like you know the the carings of the world and the burberries of the world really making these these fantastic you know pledges and initiatives to try to to try to change their supply chains yeah, etc yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's much harder when you're that big um and obviously you know as a startup you have the opportunity to, to embrace it from the very beginning and and you should and you know why not yeah, yeah and um particularly from my point of view as i said i think that like it's not uh, you know it's, it's a topic that's very close to my heart yeah personally and um you know i think that it is it's something that um, isn't it's almost unnecessary now um, you know it, it would be irresponsible not to be thinking about the impact you have in, in everything you do because yeah. you know you can almost forgive it um, 10 years ago maybe even five years ago because we didn't know as much as we know but we know so much now I mean things about microplastics for example and, and you know there's so much we know that not doing something about it is or at least con you know trying to or show some initiative of trying to kind of um help towards that wider cause is almost a bit a little bit irresponsible it's yeah. a necessity that we yeah, we totally. kind of we yeah. all kind of have to embrace i mean but that said i think you know you n n not every brand can start out doing everything at once sure. you know you everyone has to take small steps and and you know for us i think you know our product our actual bras and underwear at the moment are not made from recycled materials um, or um, organic um, organic sources but but for us what was important is getting the product right you know we yeah. didn't want to compromise on quality sure. we're a startup and so for us it was about getting the product right and you know we've already identified recycled versions that don't compromise sure. on the on the performance and the quality of the product and we are going to be our next order is going to be on you know on recycled um 
fabrics and sure. and you know wherever we can we're going to be looking at um using you know recycled or sustainable sources of componentry bra you know most bras take made, are made up of more than 20 components so there's a lot to think about there but even things like wires can be recycled from old bras so we're mm. looking at you know all those kind of things to, to bring into our product um but you know things that are like quick wins are packaging you know you can as a you know you can look at recycled options or recyclable options um and it just it just makes sense it's kind of like a no-brainer yeah, I and mean, yeah, we can yeah, all yeah, take yeah. small steps to to it to incorporate it and i think like i said i don't think you know any brand and, and certainly not us is going to try to try to achieve everything all at once sure sure but you know we definitely endeavor to try to, to try to do as much as we can to get there yeah you know? and the and quick wins take, is good right and absolutely consumers are conscious they'll notice it you know absolutely. And it's kind of part of their own um psyche and how they operate so yeah no i think that's a that's really interesting so you touch on a really interesting point in that um in 2019 uh and i suppose for for a little while now like starting a brand has become much much easier yeah. right like the cost the technical um kind of hurdles the you know the supply chain you know the entire process has become much easier so I suppose, how do you cut through all of that then? And is things like content and storytelling, are they like super important to a brand like Nudea? Uh, yeah. And, and the, the, I mean, the community element to it, you know, like how important is those, I suppose, if you're looking at the core business, they could kind of be seen uh, slightly as peripheral in terms of the operational element, right? But mm -hmm. how important are those peripheral kind of elements? I think I think um, the the storytelling is hugely important. Um, you know, um, customers don't. You know, customers um, when you when you make a product, um, they they might buy it once, um, but if they don't have an affinity to you or the brand or the story behind the brand, you'll never kind of get them to be you know to come back again yeah. and yeah. and be really engaged with you. And I think that. Uh, you know our brand isn't a fashion brand that you know the product you know sits on a page and automatically sells itself um for us the storytelling is hugely important because there is there's masses that have got has you know that we need to sort of communicate to the customer that has gone into that product and that comes from the storytelling yeah. that comes from you know the the research we've done it's come through all the intelligence we've gathered and that needs to be communicated and for us the storytelling is 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 almost more important yeah yeah yeah, than, yeah. so um, it's slightly inverted it's because slightly of the inverted. ease that yes. it is to start a business right yes you know, online so the, the the i mean starting something uh, technically you know 20 years ago was more difficult so now that barrier entry has yeah, come has come down yeah. and you know you what what makes you individual is your story yeah, um yeah. and we'll sell on amazon and let them well exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. otherwise you know you're just you you could just be another commodity yeah. you know I, i'm not saying that necessarily but you know there's nothing to stop um another competitor coming in yeah. and doing similar products or or whatever but what what separates us is the story and i think that that is really important really important now i think okay i want to talk a bit more uh, the concept that you um um of, of of balance because we talked originally about um your day and mm -hmm. it being unstructured and um juggling family and work yeah how do you maintain balance <laughs> in what sounds like a uh 
very fulfilling but chaotic you know and yeah changing oh, and gosh, challenging that's environment that's, you know that's actually quite a hard question for me because i don't <laughs> i don't think i'm 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 balanced enough to be honest okay, i think right. i think um i could i could probably take might take my own medicine sometimes um i do think it's i think it's really really important to to have that balance and i think that that you're you I see myself function after like seven days working straight on the tr- on the trot and not really taking any time to myself or my family, and it really it does affect your performance. Yeah. And and so um, you know I've become much much more conscious of just general well being. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's come from um, that's come really from just just being a founder and kind of managing my own time. And yeah. I think you know I've started to realise that I, you know, in the corporate world when you have that cut off, and even though it is sometimes you can have a long day you do cut yourself off and then you you mentally kind of switch off and you kind of don't worry about something until the next day i think that's really hard to have as a founder yeah. um, i mean it's so intertwined it's just so right? intertwined like, and i think yeah. and i think that the ch- most challenging part for me has been how do i kind of switch off and really give myself the time to get that balance and and devote time to something else and my attention to something else and i think that i've become so much more conscious of that and um you know i personally am really trying to kind of my my weekends i'm saying right i'm not doing anything at the weekends um and really taking control taking my weekends back sure. because i think that you know it was starting to creep into my into my work yeah, into yeah, my work yeah. life yeah um and you know my kids keep me balanced like i think that you know the great thing about having family is that and especially with young kids as soon as they're sort of dumped on you you have no choice <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so you, so you, you, you almost have yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, almost yeah, have exactly. to. Yeah. But um, so that's so that's the advice. If anyone needs balance, so just children, get kids. Yeah, yeah just, just get, kids. Kids. No, just get yeah. kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone have kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, no, it's um, I think it's really important to just have that mental time where you kind of go, I'm going to switch off. I'm going to do whatever it is I do. Um, you know, I have, I have my pilot's license, and one of the things I wow. yeah, that's one of the amazing. things yeah, one of the things that. Um, I, had, I didn't fly for a long time um, and then recently it started picking up again and for me that's a total switch off and it's really what brings a lot of balance to my life because it's that one thing that you know it's I can I can get in a plane I have to concentrate so I can't think yeah you have else. to be totally on right I have to it's, be totally yeah, on yeah like mindfulness right because yeah. you can't <laughs> not I can't, be I can't yeah, think yeah, about yeah, something yeah. else um, and you know and I make sure that I actually devote hours in the week to it and I think that that's important. So whatever it is that you that you love to do, um, it's important to to make sure that you kind of you, you kind of devote and actually put it in your diary. Yeah. Like, this is what yeah. I'm going to do. Every like a week. meeting or whatever. It's yeah. Like, I have and to this be is what there. I'm going to do. do every, otherwise, yeah. you know. Otherwise, it's so easy for, especially if you work for yourself or you have your own company. It's so easy to 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 for work to creep into your into your personal life yeah. and into your into your quality of life and I think that you know you have to nip it yeah yeah yeah, nip yeah. It early because yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. you know it can it can engulf you yeah do you think obsession is a key ingredient to personal success or <laughs> is it a precursor to burnout or could you manage it maybe uh well <laughs> I think um obsession is always a good thing right because obsession is a strive I think to perfection yeah. like you're just yeah, obsessed yeah, yeah. and um and you know we, and for us, I think, you know, our mantra is about um, being very fit focused. Yeah. And we are actually fit obsessed. Yeah. You know, we, we know that we're not going to get it right 100% from day one. And we're going to continue until we do get it perfect. Um, so from, from that point of view, I think 
yes, we will be we obsessed. Um, but I think that where where you know you have to get the balance right in some areas, like with data, you can get too obsessed with data. Um, with that sort of, you you kind of need to step back mm. and kind of look at mm. it and say, well, what's the human element here, right? I mean, the data's the data. You know, you have data from everywhere now, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get totally lost in it. So I think it's I think you know you have to find the there's a there's a difference between um, obsessive obsessiveness around the creativity side, right? Like, you know, we're obsessed about creating something that's just amazing, but that's slightly different to being obsessed about you know the your the the, the like the pennies on the pound, right? Yeah, it yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this I color think, being the exact yeah, right balance yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah i mean i think i think i think it, i think it's good to be obsessed but i think you have to find the the, the right balance of where to be obsessed and yeah. and focus and strive and have drive that passion with with trying to be obsessed about everything because yeah. you just can't yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just not the best use of your time and yeah. and there's always going to be things business decisions that you apply the 80 20 rule and you go well look it's 80 percent fine let's just exactly. go with it right it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there's other things where you go i am not going to compromise it has to be 100 yeah. percent perfect and i think that and that's totally right that's totally fair and I, it should be that way but i think you know from day one we, you have to pick what that is and for us it's absolutely about the product um and so we will strive for 100 percent to get that product right but you know the there's other bits of, there's other bits where we're like well look it's it's not going to be perfect yeah. but okay you know um, how much how much difference is it really going to make yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day so yeah. okay so obsession is good get some kids for the balance yes exactly <laughs> that's that's the message that's right. it there we go. that's a key takeaway final question so what are you most looking forward to and what do you think is your biggest challenge over the next year hmm. well I'm really really looking forward to seeing um new day grow i mean obviously you know this has been this has been so from our you know our baby for the last year and you know we've spent so much blood and sweat and and energy and passion into this and obviously you know i'm excited and really looking forward to seeing it launch and seeing where it will go you know um and that that to me is really exciting and i almost kind of want to fast forward 12 months and say oh my god what, you know what happened what happened you know um and I think our biggest challenge, you know, from a business point of view, is that you know we've we've done a lot of we've done a lot of work on our fitting, and um, we've done a lot of work in trying to 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 bring that to the customer and the in the online experience. But you know, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, people people are quite quite devoted to their brands. They're quite devoted to their underwear brands, mm-hmm. and so you know we're going to have to do a lot of work in trying to convince them to to come come to us yeah. for that better experience sure. and that is going to be a challenge you know that's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight and it's not going to be easy you know but but i can see that being one of the the, the biggest challenges we face and, and probably not just now but in the next you know continuing through yeah. to the next 12 yeah, 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 yeah. 12 months and beyond yeah. so um but you know i'm also looking forward to that evolving yeah. because i think we you know we're launching with our measuring tape and who knows how that's going to take off that yeah. might end up being um you know we we really think it's a fantastic tool we spent a lot of time developing it and you know but you know many people might just it might just be not for them and yeah. it could take off as and its it own could take thing, off right? its own yeah, thing yeah, yeah, you know yeah, it's amazing, yeah. and and to me i just it's almost like i want to fast forward and get the answers to all yeah. those questions <laughs> 
Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be really interesting to do this again in 12 months' time. We, look, we can and, book it in now. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can yeah. tell you about what yeah, you know what, yeah. what actually happens. Yeah, but yeah, 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 I mean, I think I think I think fitting is always going to remain a challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, for for our business, um, and you know, I, I, we're going to obviously we're, we're doing everything we can to kind of disrupt it and try to think of new ways around it. But you know, ultimately, it'll be our customer that kind of. T- you know, comes back and tells us like what works. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Priya, thank you so much for joining. No, me. it's that been it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you okay. for having me. Not a problem. Okay. Cool. There you have it. The first episode of Your Basket Is Empty. Please like. Please subscribe. Please review. Head over to yourbasketisempty.com. Sign up to the mailing list. Leave some comments in the blog section. I'd love to get your feedback. Tell your parents, tell your friends. Yeah, support the podcast. Before I go, big shout out to Wireheads for providing the backing music. If you haven't heard of them, go and check them out. I'll see you next time. Uh